those out. How are you feeling today? Getting right into it. <laughs> Welcome to episode four, everybody. Okay. Yeah. Gosh, I feel like this is going to be really eye opening. You sound so good right now. Like my voice? Yeah. <laughs> this girl's a podcast. I don't know. I've been you talking just all good. day. That's probably what it was. Are you exhausted from that? Or do Not you, really. Oh, you love, you're an extrovert. You love it. Yeah. So for those I mean, of you that don't know, while Erin's checking out, checking in with herself about her yes. feelings, we have a very colorful rainbow feeling wheel, and it has about, I don't know, maybe a hundred different emotions. Yeah. And this kind of just helps us get the conversation going, check in with ourselves. It opens us up. Yeah. I think I'm in the green zone today. I just feel, I, I, I guess I'm in the content category. Mm. Um feeling loving why are you feeling loving um i think i'm feeling loving because this is my one-year anniversary this weekend and i just love my husband I, that's so sweet <laughs> that's honestly probably why and we're going on a trip tomorrow so. i forgot that it was also your anniversary mm-hmm. and this is also your baby moon right yeah baby moon and one year anniversary Aww. we're going to boise tomorrow Happy anniversary. For a few days. Thank you. That's so exciting. Well, this is actually perfect segue into our topic because we didn't even plan this. Yeah, I know. But we're talking about love. Dating. The and dating jungle, how we got through it, how we picked our husbands. Yes. How we knew they were the right ones. Yes. That is the topic for today. How did we know that our husbands were the right ones? Okay. Can I tell you? Okay. I'm just going to tell you why I'm feeling weird. Yes. I had this realization yesterday that it's ha- I'm having a harder time being actually authentic and real with people right now because I feel like I have everything going for me right now, which I never have, but, like, everything is really good. Yeah. And, like, all the things that society deems as wonderful and valuable, I have right now. And that already creates a barrier i think with my like with friends maybe even maybe not as much family um but i feel like with friends and i've always had like something wrong with me that i feel like i would relate with my friends over right but right now like there's really i'm in like a really i think i'm in a really good place and i notice that with certain people I've talked to the past few days, like, I look for one thing that's wrong in order to connect. And, like, mm-hmm. yeah. And, like, I have a wonderful husband. I have a house. I, like, have the freedom in my job. I'm working two different jobs. I'm creating a book. I'm pregnant. Like, everything that's on the outside to somebody is, like, wow, she lives a perfect life. And that is, like, my biggest insecurity right now. Yeah. And so I think that closes me. That has been closing me off to, yeah. like, being honest with people. And I want to be happy with what where I'm at. But, like, I notice that I just deflect all the time because I don't want people to, like, see me as somebody that's unapproachable. Yeah. <laughs> well, that makes sense. <laughs> but for one, you're very approachable. I totally understand what you're saying and understand how you feel. And I think there are seasons where, oh, everything's great, you know? And and I think people could relate to that too. Like, oh, I'm in a really good season right now. And maybe there's going to be seasons ahead where 
not to jinx you, but yeah. you know, like it just, oh, there's no, so I've many been through more bad than good. Seasons, yeah. And sure. so almost, I'm sure people like, I love hearing that because sometimes I have trouble appreciating when I'm in a good season because I'm always looking for something to fix. Mm-hmm. And I think that's cool that you can kind of appreciate where you are. And I think I want to, but there's I something what you're saying, pulling though. me yeah. not to. Yes. Does that make sense? I feel like I, need I to. celebrate that with you, though. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Anyway, okay. Yeah, we we just kind of wanted to talk about um, for those of, I don't know, for people that are dating or engaged or yep. single. So here we are. D- okay, so did you What's date a lot of guys before Ross? Yes. Hopefully, you and Ross have talked about this. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Ross knows everything. Okay, great. I did. Um, I, Ross actually the first guy that I've ever had a serious relationship with. However, um, in my high school and college years and one post-college year, I was somebody who let myself go to a lot of guys. Um, okay. Yes. I gave myself away to too many. Um, it was just the culture that I came in, came from. It was just like a very, like, this is what you do in order to get love and to be loved. And that's all I knew. And that's all I learned. And I never really was educated. My parents divorced when I was 10 years old. And so when you see like some traumatic event of like a split like that, I think you, I think you lose sight of what a true, serious, like, commitment love is and so I think that probably changed my perspective on a lot and probably is what launched me into um the mistakes that I have made with guys so yes I have been with lots so have you ever felt like you were in a relationship and you knew kind of that it wasn't right or like you deserve better but you had trouble Mm -hmm transitioning into something healthier oh yeah probably every all of them how did you get (laughs) out of that uh let's see most of the guys that I dated aka I don't I wouldn't even classify it as dating like had flings with um usually were talking to other girls while they were talking to me or they left me for another girl um or they ghosted me so Lots of rejection. I was definitely, like, felt, dealt a lot with rejection from guys. But this is the interesting part is I actually was journaling this the other day as I was writing my book. um, And I found a pattern. And I wrote down a lot of the guys' names and the traits under their names. Interesting. Yeah. And the guys that I fell into patterns with, let's say, um, were all popular They were all very sociable. They loved to party their asses off. Um, And they also were usually admired by a lot of other girls around them. So that was, and I didn't realize this, but I just kept going to the same type of dude over and over and over again, thinking, I'll fix this guy or this guy will like me. Ooh, and because he was popular and then he would cho- choose me for a month or two or whatever, that would make me feel special. And yeah. so that would keep me in it. Um, 
I don't know. I it, It's just like the type of person that I kept running to. Yeah. We're very similar. Do you know? <laughs> and I'm then like, I have Ross. Okay. And this is, and I write down Ross, my husband. And like, he, he's not like literally any of them. Like he is so different from every single one of those guys. Every single one. That's so funny because mm-hmm. the guys I used to date were like brooding artists, very emotional. And also like, okay. not all of them. So, so, you, but John is a pattern the, for you. Oh yeah, like I just well, I never really thought it through as thoroughly as you did. I have to kind of I feel like that's like, a really good exercise. <laughs> but just off the top of my head, I know I usually dated like the brooding artist type and John is the opposite of that too. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so like how did you say you were in a really bad one and you're like, mm-hmm. "Okay, this is not good." Or did you even know it? How did you tell yourself like, "Hey, how did I deceive myself?" <laughs> well, I guess um well, I think sexual encounters cloud your judgment completely. So I would say that that is probably the main reason. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say the other reason is my, probably how I perceived myself. Mm -hmm. I don't think I consciously knew that I was seeing myself as not worthy enough to get a really great guy to treat me really well. Yeah. I don't think... Because I I was always pretty confident in who I was and my looks and things like that. But I never... But but for some reason, um, like I was insecure in my capabilities and work ethic and things like that. And I think that... I don't know. There's There might be an association there with... um, seeing myself as not worthy enough to have a really spectacular man. Mm-hmm. And I, again, like I would just fall into the same pattern yeah. of guys that were doing the same thing. Yeah. So anyways, what about you? Um, Did you date a lot of guys? So you got yes. married at 27, almost 28. Okay. And yes. you're almost 30. So you've been married <laughs> for two years, right? Yeah. Almost two years. So I still okay, have, wait, yeah. I just turned 28, yes. kind of. I forget. I think on an episode <laughs> earlier, I said that I was 28 and I was like, oh crap, I forgot. Um, but yes, I dated a lot of guys. Um, but it's so funny because my insecurities are the opposite of yours because I, I used to be like very unattractive. Like, yeah, right. No, I swear I will show you, I've showed pictures to people and they, there's a joke, I think it's at my office that they named me a different name and what? Tex is like, oh, this is Aaron's cousin. <gasps> Doesn't it look so much like Aaron to try? And people believed like, oh yeah, she does look kind of like Aaron. But like, you guys, Aaron's drop dead gorgeous. No, that's not way, true. Look at our profile picture <laughs> no, in front no. of the building. Anyways. But I, I was a little chunkier and not like, I wasn't like huge, but I definitely felt insecure about my body. I had bad skin. I had bad, I was like homeschool, you know, I just was not confident about my looks but when I was traveling for work, all of my priority was on travel and work, and I didn't really have time to care for myself, too, so I still felt like my looks were always kind of an insecurity, but my career was what I had. It was like, oh, I'm traveling, you know, like, it is literally opposite, which is so crazy. Another opposite. And then I went through, like, a whole weight loss health kick and stuff, and um, 
and then I started feeling a little bit more confident, but I still feel like imposter syndrome. I'm getting you better. You still do? I still do, kind of. Wow. I just, it's hard. What does that feel like? Like, what is that when you describe <laughs> it? I don't know. Just like, I feel like insecure or something. And I'm working hard this year on building confidence. But, um, so anyways. Girl, you should be confident. You got you. it all. <laughs> no. no, I think, I mean, I think I do want to be confident though. Anyways, so with yeah. guys, I think I dated guys that that were like, because I always like I craved like emotional connection, because I've always I'd always been like very logical or something, and I craved this like emotional safe place or something, and and guys that were really in touch with their feelings or whatever, and that's what I craved. But I was so flighty, so I would date a guy for three oh, months same. and break up with them three months every single time was three months. I don't know. There there were a few that I had longer flings with, but. It was such a pattern. It was bad. This Most is of your them. opportunity to apologize to them. <sighs> to all the good guys out Here. there. <laughs> I'm sorry. But there were some bad ones, too, that mm-hmm. I had I had to be like, okay, not bad guys, but not good for me, not treating me the best. And I had to realize, oh, my gosh, I deserve better than this. But it was so hard to rip away from because you get so connected or whatever, like, I felt like I was taking care of them in some way, too. And, mm-hmm. like, it would be so mean to break up with them. But I knew oh, it was bad for me. It was, yep. like, draining me. And John's so great for you. He is great for me. Wait, real quick. Yeah. Can you describe John just so that oh, yeah. you can give a picture as to taking yourself out yes. of that pattern? Yes. So John is, he's like a golden retriever in a man's he's body. He's literally a golden He is the, he's an Enneagram 7 for people who know what Enneagram is. Um, so he's like very bouncy, spontaneous, like loves everything all the time in the world. He's very engaged, interested. Uh, he's very funny. Like he uses humor in everything. Yeah. He's super funny. And he's not, he's so confident. He's literally the most confident person I've ever met. And he just thinks everyone else is also confident. Like just be yourself or whatever. So where does he get that from? Well, he, he has his own story that he also didn't used to be confident and he had to kind of go through this. Wow. This transition his mind to be like, nope, I'm just going to be myself. Yeah, you guys are so great. Okay, now describe Ross. Yeah, so to yeah, right. Um I wouldn't I wouldn't say that Ross is Ross is the opposite, honestly, of sort of what I was known to be attracted to. Um not to say like Ross is a loser and doesn't have friends and isn't popular. <laughs> Because he's pretty well known. Oh, he's a very <laughs> connected man. He's a connected man. But it's not in the way that he he needs that. Like, he doesn't right. need yep. for people to know him. And he doesn't need, like, in order to feel secure with himself, he doesn't, he doesn't need to party in order to feel secure with himself. Like, he doesn't need all of these things. He's on the shyer side. Um, and it takes him a, a while to trust somebody and then be able to open up and have a connection with them. Um, I would say he's helped me learn skepticism, which I think is actually something we're going to like really want to teach our child is in this world is to kind of teach that. Um, but he's helped me with that because I was kind of, I kind of just fell for things all the time and would just get myself wrapped up in these stupid situations. But <laughs> me too. <laughs> you can help me too. Like, <laughs> And, and so he's he's so aware of the world. He's aware of how it works. Um, another trait that's just so beautiful of him is is like his story of 
coming back to the Lord or first coming to the Lord, his story there is super powerful. And um, that drew me in. Like, this man has been through so much and he is so humble and just is filled with love. Like, that's ready to burst out of him. I've, I've just never met anybody like that before yeah. um, in my world, the world that I was in. So I would say that's what's drastically different. And I've had to sort of um, be patient in loving the qualities that I'm not used to, if if that makes sense, too. Yeah, like, because I was so used to an old pattern of behavior, you know, that now I'm being conditioned and rewired. And, like, he's helping me do that. Yep. So. Love that. Yeah. Um, Wait, so how did you transition from your old pattern into, like, were you single for a while and then you met him? Or were you just mm-hmm. out of something? Like, how did you set yourself up to be in a good place to meet Ross? Uh, we're getting real here. <laughs> um, I woke up one morning in California after making a really bad mistake. And this was really shortly after I, this was before Ross, obviously. This was when I was living in California. So I was single, but I had stayed in a mansion in um, North Star in Tahoe with my friend and these guys and whatever. And I made a really poor mistake. Read between the lines, everyone. And I woke up and I left and I was like, that was horrible. This guy is trying to get me on his freaking pyramid scheme. Oh, no. It's the worst After case scenario. that? So that he could get a BMW back in New York. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, honestly, because of Jesus, like, I'm so, I can laugh and like, laugh about this now because it's like I'm so free it's not even funny yeah um it took a while to get there but I'm there but to answer your question it was about a month two months after I had quote-unquote given my life to the Lord but I still didn't know what that meant um I just had sort of said it in a while I was praying, but even I didn't even really know what it meant. I just did. But then I started reading the Gospels by myself in uh, my little cabin in the middle of the woods. Mm -hmm. And so I still didn't really understand like what I was doing or what faith was or who God was really. Um, And so I was still like partying, you know, doing my old thing because I think it it takes time. So like it's like an overnight type of you're a born again, new person, like right away. Like it takes time. Um, and so that morning I remember I was like, I'm never ever doing anything with anyone until I'm married ever again. That's cool. And I declared that to myself, which I had never done. I had been active for quite some time and like I had declared it. I was like, never again. And I told myself that. I was like, I don't know when I'll get married, like not planning on it anytime soon. But I just know like there was just something in me or something outside of me that guided me into that like declaration of I'm not not doing it anymore. There's nothing here. It's empty. It doesn't matter. It makes me feel horrible. And I'm done. And I got to just I was done. And I literally kid you not did not do anything with anyone, did not do anything with Ross 
until my wedding night. That is so cool. How did you feel after declaring that and reading yourself? Did you feel like instant relief or was yeah it? it was just like i'm done it was just one of those things of like this isn't this isn't shit anymore like i'm done yeah. this isn't it was it was almost easy it was just like i'm doing this thing and i know it's right and it feels right no one told me like n- no christian was ever like you're not supposed to have sex outside of marriage like no one ever preached that to me i didn't really right. know about it like you know, I was raised with my sister, like, lived with her boyfriend before, you know, like, it just was normal to me. And so no one told me that I was supposed to do that, you know. Right. I didn't even know. I just knew with my heart I didn't want to do it anymore. I was yeah. done. That's I was done. so cool. Yeah. Only only from the man above that <laughs> that is possible. I yeah. don't think it's possible without without God. I really yeah. don't. Yeah. I, I Self-control is absolutely a thing. And, like, we do have, like, of course, Ross and I had to have self-control for a year and a half. Yeah. Um, and he's had a past and I've had a past. So, obviously, it's hard. But there had to have been something outside of us working to help us. Yeah. <laughs> not fall into it. Um, so, yeah. Good for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I think I just want to know how you how your single life was and then mm. what it was like to transition from being single into dating John. Like, were you super head over heels crushing on him? Like, what's that backstory? Well, okay. So the backstory is that, yes, I had a crush on John. We'd been friends for four years before we dated. Not like best friends, but we were in the same circles in the same friend groups, but I'd always had a crush on him. But I dated his best friend for a second, for three months, per usual. So, um, but it just wasn't. And he's a great guy. Like, he's John's business partner now, which is so, so great. I get to talk to him all the so time. so funny. Oh, <laughs> but honestly, he was a great guy. There was nothing bad. I just, it wasn't, like, I used to call it the tip of the iceberg feeling. It was like, this guy is only going to experience, like, he doesn't fully get me. There's this, he's only thinking, oh, this is Aaron, but there's so much more. And I could tell like, it just wasn't going to go deeper than that. Cause they're, we were just so different. I was like, okay, like, I don't know. And, but he was a great guy. He's, he's married. He has a baby now. It's great. But, um, always had my eye on John. Um, and you knew him for how long again, John? Four years before we dated. Four years before you dated. And okay. apparently he also had a crush on me, but we both are very, um, I don't like know. standoffish. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because I'm really shy. Well, not really shy, but with guys, I like act like I don't like them at all, and that's how I tell them that I like them. Um, <laughs> and, but long story short, it's such a long story. I'm not going to tell the whole story on the podcast. <sighs> Why not? Okay, fine. I Just won't. tell the whole story. This is the okay, I'm, I'm going to try to make it quick. Everybody but, wants to hear it. Um, but we. Okay, so we'd had a crush on each other, and I did not think he liked me at all, because he's, like, so handsome, and I was, like, didn't think I was, whatever. You know, I didn't think I was on his level. We had, like, a guy group and a girl group, and we'd all hang out. We all went out for New Year's. Such a great, you know, recipe for success. And um, it wasn't at midnight. It was, like, before midnight. We are all in this. It was just a brewery. It wasn't anything, like, crazy. But they had a tent, some dancing, and a DJ. It was fun. And John just kisses me out of nowhere. <gasps> Okay, we were dancing, guys. and I was so shocked, but then we looked to our left, and there is my ex and John's best friend. How long and, were you broken up for? Oh, years. Oh, okay. So we never talked about it, 
um, for years. That was 2017. And then 2019. Okay, so then I was in two back-to-back really, really, really messy relationships. I was severely burnt out from my job. I had been traveling trip after trip after trip, like just bouncing around the globe. I was super sick. I had traveled so much that my immune system was just shot. And the doctor literally told me, you are verging on like an immune disorder. You have to stop traveling. It was bad. So I wasn't doing good physically. I wasn't doing good emotionally. I just wanted out of like the job was a great job. I just couldn't do it. I was so exhausted. And I was in a relationship with somebody. We broke up and it was so hard. That's what I was trying to say. Like, oh, I really mm-hmm. feel for this guy. I want to, I want him to be happy. And then I dated a coworker, and I feel terrible because I was a mess after I, I, we dated right after the other relationship. So I was a mess. Um, and I realized that and I broke up with him. But then after that, I had this really awesome time of healing. I just realized, wow, <laughs> I need to go back to counseling. And there's this, this, this time of my life, it was actually, I look back and it was so cool. And I was just throwing myself into fitness and running and self-care. I was listening to like sermons that were clicking. And was this I just, after this second relationship? After Yes, I broke up with so both of them. So you were completely single? Totally single. Okay. No, nobody on the radar. And, um, and it was almost like this revival in me that I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm trying to fill this void with these men that, and I, and I knew that God was telling me like, you have to be single. And I would write it down. Like, I know the Lord wants me to be single. I know it's good for me, but I could not, I just kept trying to fill this hole that I just felt so like, mm-hmm. like I was missing something. And, and when I finally was obedient in that, it was so hard. It was so hard to be obedient in that one thing, but my entire life turned around right after I was obedient in that. And I broke up with him. And that's when, like, I shifted into a different position for my job. So I wasn't traveling nonstop. I stopped getting sick. Um, My life just, I felt happier. I just felt this weight lifted off of me. And I, and I just felt like I, it clicked for me. Like, wow, I knew, like, I knew that's what I was supposed to do. And I didn't do it. And my life didn't get any better. But when I did it, and when I did what I knew I was supposed to do, things turned around outside of my control. Like I didn't Mm -hmm. have to fix my whole life. I just had to do that one thing. And then the rest of the things like God's like, okay, here, you can have your health back. You can have, well, not saying that he was making me sick, but I think just like I'd had this stigma over myself. I was like, why are you not married? Why can't you get a guy? Like just find a guy, like a good guy. Cause I come from a place where everybody gets married off super young and super quick because Christian, Christian culture. So I felt like there's something wrong with me. Like I was most of my friends were married not all of them how old were you at this point i was 20 26 27 and i wish i could go back in time and tell myself don't you don't Don't need to just scramble and figure something out because i think i hurt a lot of guys that way just being like because i had really i had pure intentions going in i was like maybe he's the one maybe he's the one anybody could be the one you did you did did. think they weren't just like no placeholders or i really truly believed that each guy could be the one because I had this like because hmm. my parents have been married you know their whole lives like they're high school sweethearts wow. and so I had this wow idyllic view of oh just got to find the one and so I was just trying to find the one and once I realized this is not the one I would I couldn't be in it anymore I was like I got to get out of this so I wish that I could have just been content to be like okay it's actually you're you're in a good place I lived in a house full of girlfriends I got to travel 
I had a fun job, but I just wish I could tell myself, you're fine. Like, you're not missing anything. Like, chill. Chill. Have fun. Yeah. Enjoy your life, you know? Like, yeah. Go, go out with your girlfriends and, like, I don't know, have movie nights and do face masks and take bubble baths. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just chill out. I wish that I would have known. Right. You're going to meet your person on this date in 2019, <laughs> whatever. And that's when you're going to start dating. That's when your love story starts, but it's not about that until then. And I wish I could have just cleared everything else out. It was foundational for me to go in knowing mm-hmm. who I was and being confident and not yeah. trying to feel like some guy is going to f- fill some void for me. Because um, when John did come back into my life, because I texted him looking, because he owns, he's a landlord. He buys houses, flips them, and then rents them out. My friend's boyfriend was moving to town, so I texted him to see if he had a room available in one of his houses. He did not, but then we started texting back and forth. And then, long story short, he asked me on a date, and then within, like, the like the very first date, we both just knew, because he had been dating, too. He'd been in really long-term relationships. Um, And so we both knew on that first date, we're like, wow, this is, like, different. He was nothing like I had imagined for myself because he was so great, you know? Because I always told myself, oh, you, like, you don't deserve that. But he... I don't know. He just, he was so funny. It was so easy to be with him. We just felt compatible, I guess. And that's, and I had been searching for this idea of like a soulmate or something, which I don't know if it exists, but I felt like with John, I didn't care about any other guy in the world. Like, okay, this is my person. Like, this is who I want to be with. And I don't think it's like that for everybody. And I guess you, because you have the other side of like getting to that point of marriage, because that's what I thought it was going to be like for me. I thought I was going to have to be like, okay, I think this is who God has for me. I want to learn more about them. And that's, I think, why I kept trying with so many different people. Um, yeah. So I think, like, that's, like, it's 50. There's two different ways. And mine was one way and yours was the other way. How would you describe love and in love? Like, did you fall in love with John before you said, I do? Or did you fall in love with him after you said, I do? Before. You did? Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, how did you know? And when did you know? Okay, I know when I knew. I was sitting alone in my parents kitchen i was single i'm going back to back in time and just to give a picture john is 32 now he's 32. right now yep and aaron is 29. 29 yep so this was a couple years ago a few i had gotten out of another like fling or something i was sitting single alone in my parents kitchen and there's a song that was playing on their like pandora or something and it was this beautiful um it's called what a wonderful world by sam cook not the other one not the one not the old it, it is like it is an older song no here i'll play it yeah play it i'm gonna keep don't know much about the science book don't know much about the french i took but i do know that i love you and i know that if you love me too what a wonderful world this would be okay so Basically, I I sat in my parents' kitchen and I was like, I have no idea what it would be like. I just had this mental picture of like dancing with somebody in a kitchen to that song. And I was like, that is so foreign to me. I feel so alone, so single. I don't understand what love is. I just don't get it. And I don't know why that song was just like, it just felt like a different world. So then John was at my house. We were dating. This is fast forward. And... It was late at night and we had like a paint night with my roommates for some reason. <laughs> it was really fun. And the, everybody had gone to bed and that song, kid you not, we were dancing in the kitchen and that song came on <gasps> oh, shuffle. Oh yeah, that's, that's. It was crazy. And, and I was like, 
I feel this is what I like I couldn't have imagined I didn't know what it would feel like but the feeling was like this person like he gets all of me like our interests are aligned I feel like we both have curious minds we want the same things out of life and I feel like excited to see him and Mm -hmm. like I want to keep hanging out with him and I want to be close to him all these things gosh it's so cheesy but I'm trying to try to describe it for people who like don't because I I did not not understand what it felt like and I guess all the other versions that I thought love was gonna be or what it felt like I wish I would have known like okay it, it exists so just like just wait for that's the worst wait for the right guy i don't know i don't it's so tricky because i feel like it's so tricky sometimes you just gotta no date and figure out what's not what Mm -hmm. doesn't work and sometimes that's just your reality that's what i had to do and i mean i regret hurting people and getting myself hurt but god redeemed it here i am part of the journey (laughs) yes yeah well, it's interesting because you had said that you fell in love with him before and it was yeah. sort of linked to this song and, and you so so when you listen to this song when you were dating him, how long after was that when you were in your parents' kitchen when you were like, I'm a mess? Oh, it was years. It was years after that. Years after. Yeah, it was probably a couple of years maybe. And so in that moment you knew you were in love with him. It wasn't like I, in that moment, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in love. But it was just this, like, feeling that I was like... That came over that came you over that was me. like, this is going to be it. Yeah. But I think I knew that, that, well, I hoped that that was it before, because John had even been very forward and been like, hey, like, I'm serious about you. Like, because I had the safety in knowing, like, oh, okay, he's not going anywhere. Because we've been friends, we got engaged seven months after we started dating. Like, we just knew it was very Aww. quick. And then we walked out of our... Um, after we got pro- proclaimed man and wife, we walked out to that song. Oh, I love that. So it was like very redeeming. So I asked you that because I feel like there's so many different people describe love. Yes. In so many different ways. Um, and I would describe that I was not in love with Ross until I got married. Yeah. And my love for Ross is so there, and I'm so in love with oh, him. Yeah. It's so deep, it's so but clear. I would not have said that before. I wouldn't have said that when I was engaged. And <laughs> it sounds kind of insane and crazy, but what I thought was in love was this crazy, intense, passionate feeling that I was supposed to have in order for me to know that he was the one, and I didn't ever get that crazy, overbearing, like, passionate you know feeling because the time that I was dating and engaged to Ross was the most inner healing work I've ever done it was the hard it was one of the hardest times of my life I was in therapy every week good for you I had to work out tons of demons (laughs) during that time Ross like I just had carried so much of my of my past into like our relationship in a way that wasn't hindering him and like us but it was just like I I could I was blind I couldn't I didn't know what love was I didn't know what commitment was I had a completely different picture of what being in love was and so I would say that I I didn't fall in love with him until after until we were married um because my judgment was just so clouded and I was so filled with just kind of 
clutter um, that I was just sorting through during our whole dating and engagement life. And honestly, if he didn't come in, he was a tool to helping me heal from my past. Mm. Um, but also the reason I married him and because you would think like, well, if you didn't know, why would you marry somebody if you like weren't sure? And honestly, I wasn't sure because he was so different from all the other guys that I wasn't used to. And the way that I was acting was so different than what I was used to. And so it was so confusing. But whenever I would sit in prayer, and this time I was so intimate with God, um, I, I just remember like wanting God to like tell me, leave, 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 get out of here. And he never, like that never came like never came. You know how we all have an intuition of like, we're with the wrong person. We're Mm -hmm. in it, but we're with the wrong dude. Yep. Well, for those of you that are out there and that resonates, I'm telling you, get out. Get out. (laughs) Just leave because just you, like we don't even realize that we damage ourselves. Yes. In the middle of it. And and your life will be better without. Right. It'll be hard first and then so much better. Right. But with him, it was not like that. It was like, you are safe like, you are okay. This is good. This man is good. Keep going. Like, I just heard, mm-hmm. like, ah! <laughs> we're good. Okay. <laughs> I just heard, keep going. Mm-hmm. And, like, I had, and, and it's so hard to know, like, was that the Holy Spirit? Was that my head? Like, that's such a big question all the time for, for all of us who, who yeah. listen yeah. <laughs> to God. Yeah. But I truly believe like I was in tune and I knew like I had to just put one foot in front of mm-hmm. the other until I made it to that damn altar. Yeah. And I did. <laughs> and like I said I do. And I literally I I look at my past there and I'm so grateful for all that work because man, I'm like just like doing all of that work, all of that healing, like right now, I'm just like, thank goodness. Like, I just like love my husband. Like, yeah. I could never picture myself with anyone else, would yeah. never want to be with anybody else. Like, there is no one, literally no one better than Ross Jet, my husband. Yes. So it's just crazy how that kind of all comes That's together. That's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. I have so many more. We need a part two. Like... <laughs> I want to dig in because I love your meat story, but I also have like a trillion questions. Wait, my meat story? Like how you guys met oh, in the yeah, coffee yeah. shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did you feel like you, would you describe it as peace that you felt when you were dating him and you were like, this no. isn't this passionate. So it wasn't no. peace. Oh gosh, no. <laughs> Hell no. I was yeah. like freaking out. My body was in, Aaron, I'm not even kidding you, fight or flight every day. Yeah. Until probably recently, until probably like six months ago. Yeah. Fight or flight. Yeah. Have you seen Redeeming Love? No, but I read the book while I was engaged to Ross in order to help me. That's so cool. Did it help you? Do it. (laughs) (laughs) Did it help you? Did you relate? Or not relate? Yeah, because Ross was like, I'm not leaving you because that was my belief. I was like, all these other guys have left me. He's going to, why would this guy not leave me if most of the other dudes I've been with have left me, ghosted me or left me for another girl? Like, why wouldn't Ross? Yeah. Were there, he kept telling, just like in Redeeming Love, he was like, I'm not like, yeah, I want to be with you and just you. And he just kept over and over and over again until my brain like rewired itself 
So we obviously have a lot to unpack here. We so, just scratched the surface. Man. Yeah. Tip of the iceberg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're going to do a part two. See you.